Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Should be like Hour three, Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN with uh, some breaking news. We expected this today, uh, the decision in regards to the collective bargaining agreement. And uh, yes, it has been passed. Um, 1,019 players said yes. 959 players said no. What does that mean? About 600 players did not vote at all. One of the best agents in the business, a good friend of mine, I've known him for several years, David Cantor, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, David, first and foremost, how are you doing? First and foremost, how are you doing? David, you there? Anita, you there? Yeah. Hi. How you doing? David, can you hear me? Anita, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Let's we'll, we'll we'll work on getting him back on. Um, again, 119 players said yes. 959 players said no. Uh, there was about 2,500 players that. Uh, could have voted um, on this, and 600 did not. A little surprising to me. Uh, this CBA goes for 10 years, goes into uh, 2013, 2030, the year 2030. Uh, the players, they receive, uh, they were receiving 40, 47% of the revenue. Now that goes up to 48 this coming season, 2020. It goes up to 48.5% in 2021. Um Former players also getting benefits, 17-game season that will start in 2021, and expanded playoff fields uh, by two teams, which is very interesting. I just downloaded – I'm going to call this up so I can share with you. Um, so, so, so one extra team in the AFC, one extra team in the NFC will be added to, uh, to the revised playoff format. So hypothetically speaking, if, uh, if this would have been – implemented last year, here's how it would have looked. The Ravens in the AFC would have gotten a bye week one of the of the postseason. The Texans would have played the Bills. The Patriots would have played the Titans. The Chiefs would have played the Steelers. And in the NFC, the 49ers would have gotten a bye in week one. The Eagles would have played the Seahawks. The Saints would have played the Vikings. And the Packers would have played the Rams. Pretty interesting. I believe we have him back on. We do. Great. David, can you hear me? I apologize for that. No, yeah. you're, fi- you're fine. It's, it's, it's radio. Phone's it happens. blowing up, as you can imagine. It happens, dude. It happens. Okay, well, uh, for, first and foremost, uh, your reaction, um, and, and we, we, we spoke earlier in the week, your reaction in regard to the collective bargaining agreement passing. Well, see, one of the few things, I'm happy and I'm sad. I think that having a collectively bargained for agreement between 2,500 men who sacrificed their lives and their bodies to play this game and adding a game without getting a 50-50 split from the owners is a loss for the players. But let's be clear. I think that that's a loss for the players and the fact that we don't know what's going to happen with gambling. We don't know what's going to happen with using the players' data. And so those are things that are still unanswered questions. From the standpoint of players that are the middle class, which is the majority of the NFL and below, getting extra money in their paychecks every week to win. From the standpoint of the rookies that haven't even entered the league getting an extra $100,000, it's a win. Getting the average per year up to a million dollars per year per player 
You know, I feel like it should have been there years and years ago. So I was not a fan of the 2011 collective, collective bargaining agreement, uh, and I am not a fan of the 2020 collective bargaining agreement extension. However, labor peace is always better than the alternative, and I think that once the players realize that we've now got a disease that is infecting most of the world and changing schedules everywhere, including the cancellation of all the major sports in America and potentially the pushback of free agency here beginning sometime today, we'll find out. We've got a big problem. The stock market has crashed, and the alternative to not having a collective bargaining agreement would be far worse than having a collective bargaining agreement. So even though it was narrow, I'm happy because I think that it would, be, would have been very, very dark days for the players moving forward. Uh, by the way, this portion of the show brought to you by the Crema Wine. Whether you're looking to celebrate the, um, well, we're not celebrating the threes at the buzzer anymore. Somebody needs to change this read or the fresh smell of spring. Pick up a bottle of La Crema Wine. Please enjoy responsibly. Yeah, um, tell them to send me some. We're going to be locked down for about two or three months potentially. I know that's you. That's where you and I connect big time, especially at the combine. Right? Is our love for wine. Um, Man, anytime. I love for wine anywhere. It doesn't have to be the combine, but I don't know that we're allowed to go. I out know, but I just love that you. Home, everyone, I please. just, I just love that you bring your own bottles of wine to the combine. I mean, that's, I do. They, that's, they let me ship up my own wine. To I the know that's what that's so what we set, can hold court every night. That's what sets you apart, David. Uh, so, 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 really, what you're saying is, you know, with the unfortunate state of events in, in regard to where we are in regard to the coronavirus, that uh, that this obviously this this helped the owners. Uh, in regard to getting this passed, is I, I would imagine that there are a number of players. I mean, listen, uh, our New York mayor was on de Blasio. He was on CNN today saying that there's a chance that we're going to have a work stoppage for six months, David. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm hopeful that they don't delay the start of the league year. And, and the reason being is you're delaying it, but I don't know what the alternative is. When are we coming back? You're going to have several hundred men who've spent the last four years and some five years waiting to find out their fates, waiting to be able to you know, financially take care of their family on an extended level. And now we're going to go put the entire league year on pause. Does that mean free agency now happens after the draft, Does free, which was what happened in 2011 and it was a disaster? Or does that mean we get to go and we start free agency tomorrow with the tampering window and players signing on Wednesday. Here's the unique thing about pro football in America, more so than any other sport. A lot of the league, about 90% of the players, live within 10 or 15 miles of an NFL team. doesn't mean it's the NFL team they play for, but you've got guys in L.A., you've got guys in Miami, you've got guys in a lot of warm-weather climates where there's team doctors in all those locations. It's pretty easy to negotiate a deal via free agency and then tell the player, hey, you're going to go see the Dolphins team doctor uh, tomorrow and he's going to give you a physical. So I'm optimistic uh, that it shouldn't be canceled, but I do think it will be delayed. All right, let's let's let's, be canceled. Sorry, delayed. Let's let's put that on hold for a minute, because I I do want to dive even more into the collective bargaining agreement and and what's been agreed to here. And then we can talk about what's to come for uh, the NFL calendar year, as well as the draft. Uh, so what I know is this is going to be 10 years, players, more money. You're saying that 11 this year plus the 10. Okay. So a total of 11 years, um, players, they, their revenue increases from 47 to 48 this year, 48.5% in 2021. But you're saying that With the media kicker only. So that's, that's another part of the CBA that we don't know. That's if the new television deals 
have the bumps that, that everyone predicts, we are stuck at 48% in 2021. The 48.5 would be the max that they can earn uh, when they play 17 games if the media kicker comes in. And what they're saying there is that they believe because they're adding more inventory to the media that the ticket, that the TV deals are going to go up significantly, massively. And because of that, uh, they think that the, the 0.5% will come into play for the teams. Got it. And for the players, sorry. Um, you mentioned the gambling, and when I was in Indianapolis and, and talking to several people, um, I'm not sure if, if people like you know gambling's one thing, right? It's point spreads, uh, this team favored by this, over unders, what have you. But and, and listeners need to understand this, especially if you're a gambler. Um, NFL players wear these devices, um, especially at practice, so teams can know um, how quickly they're running, how quickly they get to the line of scrimmage, how hard they hit. What's been communicated to me, and David, you're aware of this as well, is that eventually players are going to wear these devices at during a game, and you're going to be able to wager on how quickly does Derrick Henry get to the line of scrimmage? How hard does Khalil Mack hit? There, there are going to be metrics that you're going to be able to wager over under on in regard to player performance, in-game player performance. That just blows my mind, David. So you're right. I mean, like, like as, as, as gambling becomes more and more legal and the NFL gets more and more behind it and you're able to gamble on player in-game performance, they should be entitled to that money. Are you telling me that they're not with this new agreement? No, there's no on whether or not they are or they aren't. There's a player data component that is part of the agreement, but we don't know what kind of money we're talking about. I think you and I spoke off the phone. Uh, I envision in three to five years being able to walk into an NFL stadium and in-game at halftime, walk up the stairs to the to the concourse and, and place a bet in a sponsored gambling facility sports book just like you have in England, just like you have in Europe, where you can walk in the middle of a soccer match and go place a bet on the halftime line. And I think that that's coming to the NFL much more rapidly than I think anybody believes, uh, except for the owners, because they're seeing billions and billions in revenue that's out there. Really, really unbelievable. Um, all right, 17 well, The game- landscape of sports is changing. Isn't that what we talked about? And yeah. so now with, with everyone finally opening up and saying, hey, you know what, this gambling thing isn't such a bad deal. And now you've got 21, 22 states with it. You know, for those of you that live in New Jersey, you can go place a bet online on your phone. Uh, we don't have that, obviously, here in South Florida, and we don't have a sports book here in South Florida. But I think that we're getting to the point where everyone realizes how much money there is to be made. And, and how it's like the state lotto system 50, 60 years ago when they started putting those in. You know, they didn't corrupt the masses. And I don't think sports gambling will corrupt the masses either. 17-game season starting in 2021. Are you pro, for, against? How, how do you feel about the 17-game uh, season, David? I don't like it, obviously. Uh, I'm a traditionalist. Certainly don't like seeing players have to withstand the damage on their bodies in an even longer game and a longer schedule. Uh, I think that one thing that, that the league looked at and the players' side looked at is how many players actually make it through an entire 17-game schedule and I think the number uh, is less than seven hundred or seventy percent. Sorry, I'm just they're just finding out that around five hundred players didn't vote for the new CBA, which is an incredible yeah. number if you think about it. Yeah. The new salary cap also just came out. It's a hundred and ninety-eight point two million per club. So under the two hundred million, which is significantly less, uh, that's pretty disappointing to be honest with you. That the management council is telling 
team's salary cap. It's the smallest increase uh, since 2013. So that's pretty bad. And I got to tell my clients that are free agents that that's disappointing that you vote for a new CBA and then they have a very small increase, um, certainly lower than expected, but still up uh, from last season. Last season was 188. This year's 198. Right. Um, These little things like the salary cap matter to teams that are in caps strapped situations like the Saints and the Cowboys that are that are up against it and have big deals to do. Titans are another team. The Rams are obviously another team. So I was hoping for two hundred and three million and we're about five million off. Wow. Um, expanded playoff field starting this year uh, where uh, where the NFC and the AFC will get an extra team. Only one team will get a buy. Uh, I'm I'm under the belief, you know, if it ain't broke, nothing to fix. So I agree with that 100. percent So what? So thoughts thoughts on thoughts on 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 do and also one I will say this one thing that I do like about this and that I'm hearing is that this will extend the playoff year the the season. So now the Super Bowl Sunday is going to be played on this on the Sunday before President's Day, which now allows a number of us to have off on that Monday. Not that I'll have off, but a number of people will have off on that Monday. It's going to be uh, a very, very bizarre future for NFL teams that are going to literally have an incredible season, (laughs) win their division, be the second best record, and then find out that they've got to play next week. You know, and you saw how how it affected the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, right? Right. They lost against the Dolphins. They had to go host a wild card game the next week and got eliminated. And you know, season over and franchise potentially in shambles three or four days from now if, if the CBA doesn't, if the uh, league year doesn't get pushed off. So it's definitely one of those unique things where we're, we're into a new NFL. Fans are going to have to adjust. Teams are going to have to adjust on the fly. Players are going to have to adjust, right? There's going to have to be a whole thing now on how do you take care of your body? How do you prepare for 17 games? And, you know, people are always like, well, they play, they play 20 games during the season anyway with the preseason games. But 99% of the veterans that are your starters aren't playing significant snaps past maybe 10 or 15 reps in games one, two, and four. Most of them are sitting out game four. Now we're getting rid of game four in the preseason, and you're going to have a third preseason game, then a bye week, and then you're going to get into the regular season with an expanded season with an extra game and now an extra playoff game. So every year is going to be more of a crapshoot on what's going to happen in the playoffs and who's going to actually win the Super Bowl. And I think that health is going to become a major, major factor, probably 10% to 20% increase on a normal year where the healthiest team going into the playoffs and coming out of the playoffs is going to be the, the, the team holding up the Lombardi Trophy. Unbelievable. Uh, David Cantor joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, in regard to the collective bargaining agreement, again, uh, now that it has passed – teams will only have one tag to use. So, for example, let's take the Tennessee Titans, uh, a potential landing place for Tom Brady. I'm sure more attractive if Derrick Henry is there, but yet not sure. There's a lot of teams that are going to want his services. So now the Tennessee Titans stuck with the decision of whether or not they tag Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill can't do both. So how do you you think this is going to affect the teams? Well, I think they've all prepared for it. One of the things that I was talking to teams all this past week about was plan A and plan B. Plan A is, hey, we have a new league year, we have a new CBA, we have a salary cap increase, and we can go forward, right? That's, that's the plan that they're going to now activate. The other plan was, hey, this CBA doesn't get approved, and we've got to go to the 30% rule and the Deion Sanders rule, and I have a plan for that. So I think now you just throw away plan B, 
and just activate plan A. Now we're all just sitting around waiting to find out how the union's call is going with the ownership and the management council on whether or not we're going to postpone the league year or we're starting tomorrow with the tampering window and deals are going to be getting done. And it's, teams are going to be reshaping their rosters. Um, in regard to uh, some of the other things that were agreed to, uh, like drug discipline, uh, drug testing decreased, uh, policies changed, as well as um, fewer padded practices. And there's some concerns there that, uh, that the game will not be, you know, you, you, we, we talk about how the first collective bargaining agreement game changed. You know, guys really Absolutely. guys really weren't tackling well until week five because they weren't tackling at all at practice. So, you know, a lot of things changing that players wanted that felt that they benefit them, but in the long run, does it really? I think that football is always going to still be football, but certainly, especially where you see it as long as the offensive line, you know, you've got a quicker game, a lot more three-step drops, a lot more five-step drops, a lot more quick game in the passing, obviously, the, the advent of the read option and the sprint option, the things that the, the teams like the Kansas City Chiefs do really, really well, being able to freeze the linebackers and create space in, in the short zone for slants and dig routes and things like that. Um, and so I think that what you're going to start to see is the more value in speed, even more so in the new league year, because the technicians, the guys that are really great at holding their water on the offensive line for three to five seconds, just don't come out of college very often. You know, the college game has changed so dramatically that it's obviously trickled up to the NFL game. And so I think the where, where I see it, the dramatic change in the NFL that I see is along offensive line play. I, I think that players are taught to angle guys' shoulders away from the play and do more of a zone blocking scheme, which means you don't have to actually hold your block for as long and I think it's why sack numbers have gone up significantly, even though the quick passing game you would think would drop it down. But, I mean, we had multiple guys this year in, in 19 sacks, right, guys that had incredible seasons. And, and why is that? Well, one, they're really good football players. And two, teams have learned how to scheme those zone blocking systems and offensive linemen that just can't hold you know, the block for three-plus seconds. It's, it's why my guy, Demarcus Lawrence, has been so successful in some of our other defensive linemen around the league, Kamala Correa, Benson Mayoa, you know, Olivier Vernon. These guys have been able to get double-digit sack seasons partially because, one, they're really good at football, but also because the way they block on the offensive line has changed. So you can trick games. You can stunt guys. You can loop them on the inside. You know, Aaron Donald's obviously the prototype of the one guy that can beat the double teams regularly. But even the 49ers' success on the defensive line has a lot to do with weaker passing offenses and passing offensive lines in the uh, NFC West. I mean, the, the, the Seahawks offensive line was a disaster for the last couple seasons. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals are dealing with a rookie quarterback, and, and their offensive line certainly wasn't a stability component for them. <clears throat> and so you had teams that are able to exploit that all along the NFL, and I think that that's probably one of the reasons why Brady is considering moving on. He, he was not happy with his offensive line most of the season. They struggled, especially on the right side most of the season, and if he does join another team, I look for him to join a team that has a very strong offensive line. Interesting. Again, David Cantor joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. David, you've been on with us for quite a while. Just two more questions for you really quick, and I'll let you get through with your, your Sunday. we got nowhere to go. Yeah, we got nowhere to go, nowhere to be. I know, I know, but I'm sure... I'm you sure. do, I don't. 
Uh, well, how about we do this? Do you mind? Can, can we can we take a quick break and, and then come back? Of you, okay, okay. So we're we're going to take a quick break. We come back because I've got some questions moving forward in regard to what what, what decisions you think the NFL is going to make uh, pertaining to the coronavirus and their calendar year as well as the draft. So stay tuned sure. um, and 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 sit tight. I do want to ask you those. David Cantor has been so kind to stay on board. If you've got questions for David, when do you ever have an opportunity like this? We've got one of the best NFL agents in the business who has nowhere to go because we're all kind of quarantined because of the coronavirus, I'll open up the phone lines. You've got some questions in regard to the new CBA. You've got some questions in regard to the collective bargaining agreement and uh, and in the calendar year and the draft. I'll pipe you through. I don't mind doing that. 800-919-3. There you go. <laughs> You're the best, David. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. No, obviously, I've played in the league 15 years, and from my perspective, obviously, 17 game um, is, is going to be impactful, especially for guys that have been able to create a career seven or seven to, uh, plus years um, in this league. Um, I think it probably won't be as impactful for the majority of guys. You know, our average is three years, and so does that three games or that additional playoff game um, make a huge difference when you talk about a cumulative impact, especially when we walk back some of the things. In training camp, um, hopefully it kind of um, evens itself out or that aggregate gain isn't as impactful, but um, there's no way around it. If you play, you know, seven-plus years in this league, it's definitely going to take a toll on your body, especially if you're a perennial playoff team like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, so those so those guys are looking at it. If they're not the number one seed, it's actually two more games in, in their eyes. And so um, I think that's why, again, um, this vote was so contentious because you have uh, players at both ends of the spectrum and how – uh, this deal will potentially impact, you know, players year one versus year 10 much differently. That's Lorenzo Alexander, NFL uh, PA um, representative. Uh, more with David Cantor, NFL uh, agent. Uh, so, David, first and foremost, thoughts on, on what you just heard Lorenzo Alexander say? Yeah, I think he's actually 100% accurate that this is a deal that helps the majority of players in the NFL and I think anytime you're dealing with a collectively bargained for agreement, whether you're a teacher's union, pilot's union, trucker's union, you're going to have 45 to 50% of the class not happy, right? Everybody wants individual things that they earmark as more important to them versus others. And unfortunately, in the union, we have a very, very narrow vote. 60 players decided to vote to ratify the collective bargaining agreement, I think the final tally was 1,016 to 960 or something like that. But J.C. Treder, who's the new union president, actually says it very well. He says, we understand that not all deals are perfect, and we don't take the gains we wanted, and we don't take the gains we wanted but couldn't get lightly. We now must unite and move forward as a union. And I think that that's very true. I think that you're going to have players that are going to be extremely upset. The guys that were obviously the most vocal, Richard Sherman, Russell Okun, who's obviously suing under the National Labor Relations Board, Aaron Rodgers. And then you're going to have the guys that are happy. Like Tom Brady immediately tweeted out, you know, good work, D. As a, congratula- a congratulations to D. Smith for, for getting this ratified. So I, this is what I will say to the players. And, and I've done this. I lived through, I've done this for 25 years. This is my 25th season as an NFL agent. This is all I do is represent NFL players. And I own the agency, and I'm the agent for the players that I represent. We have 41 active guys in the NFL and probably another 10 or 15 in the draft. What I will say is I lived through the 2011 lockout. You don't want to be there. 
And fortunately, we avoided that. And I think that with the economy changing, with COVID-19 coming into play, you were looking at a far worse deal next year or whenever the lockout ended next year, because I know the threats from owners. I talked to owners directly. Some of these men have been my friends for, for years and years and people that I've done deals, many, many deals with, including some of the biggest in NFL history. And they had kept telling me, especially at the combine and post combine, if the players don't ratify this CBA, we're going to send them back to the dark ages. And I don't take the threats of billionaires and the men and women that own the 32 most powerful franchises in professional sports in America lightly. And I believe with the CBA being ratified, there are going to be owners that are going to be just as upset as their players that are upset because they were hoping that they could have some civil unrest and really smash the players even more so. And so I think that we have to figure out a way to unify We have to figure out a way to come together. We have to figure out a way to prepare. The players have to prepare their bodies for a 17-game season, and it is a tremendous change. Uh, We have to prepare for life after football because careers could get shortened now over this. Playing more games and and having more playoff games and appearances limits your, you know, increases your exposure and limits the length of your career. And so it's definitely uh, a risk that every player has to take. And is it worth an extra ninety thousand dollars? to play a 17th game on the league minimum guys, probably not, but in a negotiation, all things are on the table and not everybody's going to feel like they won. And that's the way I negotiate contracts. You know, you try to get the best possible deal under market conditions. And I think that the union negotiated this for a full, a full year plus as what Roger Goodell said earlier today, and they came out with the best they could do. And the owners probably eventually drove, you know, draw a line in the sand and say, this is it. We're not going any further. And the rest is history. By the way, this so portion, we'll move on and, and we'll deal with it. This portion of the show brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer, the purest hard seltzer in the world, the perfect blend of seltzer water, 5% alcohol and a hint of fruit with only 100 calories, all natural flavors and low carbs. Please drink responsibly. With that being More importantly, Anita, do you know that I own the trademark to do you claw? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Wow. All the white call people, I'm happy to sell it to them. That's hilarious. We're in, a, we're in an economic lockdown. I'm sure a lot of people are sitting at home right now drinking a white call. I would imagine so. All right. So so now that the collective bargaining agreement has passed, now the owners, I'm sure, are sitting back and, and discussing what to do now because of the coronavirus and all that we're experiencing as a society, as a community. Um, the league year, the league year is supposed to start on Wednesday, March 18th. Tampering, wink, wink, starts is supposed to start tomorrow. The NFL draft is scheduled for the 23rd to the 25th in Vegas. There's some talk and speculation that that venue is going to change. What what do you anticipate to hear from the owners today, tonight, with all of these decisions, the calendar year, and the draft, David? So the calendar year, I just. I don't know where it's going to fall. One thing that maybe your listeners don't know is in order to make any changes to the actual NFL calendar related to the players, it's a negotiated item. So the union and the union representatives, I imagine, are instantly on the phone with the people from the management council discussing the calendar. And it has to be agreed upon, I believe, by the executive committee. I don't believe it has to go to a vote. I think the executive committee has the authority to make the change in the calendar. But there are many, many, many men who are now have waited two weeks since the combine. We obviously did not know that coronavirus would hit us like it has. And certainly the lockdowns that have come and lockdowns that are coming 
are going to change the landscape for every one of our lives. And hopefully we can get through this as a, as a united country. But that's a conversation for another day. But these men want to go. I talked to teams yesterday. They're obviously flying across the country is a difficult thing. But every one of these owners can charter planes. You can put a player on a plane from Cleveland to Atlanta, get him into your building, have him physical, and get him back on the plane in the same day with almost zero exposure or zero risk. 97% of the time you're doing these deals, most of the players don't get a big press conference. You don't need a big, gigantic media scrum. You're signing your contract. They're taking a picture. They're posting it on their social medias. You're shaking hands with the head coaches. You're going down to your locker and seeing the new facility. And then you're getting on a plane and flying home and getting ready for off-season team activities. So to go to the second part of your question, I do believe that we're going to see off-season team activities push back. I do believe that we're going to see the draft push back. But till when? We don't know. And so I think that the uncertainty of where and when we're going to push this free agency back, do we say to the entire NFL, hey, we're taking a full month, 30 days, and on March 18th, on May 18th or April 18th, I'm sorry, April 18th, we're going to restart the league year? I mean, how do we know that we're not going to be in a much worse place after 30 days from now? Italy's still not out of it. China is just getting back to normal and not even normal, but post-coronavirus, and they, they're they a, a state-owned country that has workers 24-7, 365, sterilizing the entire country. The, America's never going to go to that length. We're, you know, we're, we're not unified enough to go to that length, and, and we're not a communist country. So I, I don't know if this virus can stay around for three, four, five months. Does that mean we're now pushing off the NFL season? Does that mean we're pushing off training camp? Does everything get pushed back two, three, four months? I don't think anyone at the league office knows. So from my standpoint, let's go. Let's get free agency started. And then if there are interruptions in it in the middle of free agency and the schedules have to keep changing, that's okay. The draft, obviously, I think it's very, very easy to say, hey, let's not advise people to fly to Las Vegas, Nevada. Let's not have our top 30 or 40 best players that are going to get drafted highest in Las Vegas with their entire families and expect them to fly commercial and put them in hotels and in casinos where obviously the virus can spread much more rapidly because of human contact. So I think that that's certainly something that is going to get agreed upon to push back and pushing back the draft two or three or four weeks gets us out of the potential 60-day window that we need to get this country and get this virus out of this country, correct? Yeah, absolutely. agency doesn't affect fans. It's not a public forum, you know, and so I just don't know how it it works, other than the optics. Other than the optics, right? And you, you, you mentioned earlier that there was, there was, and, and I forgot what year you mentioned that free agency came after the draft. And I, and, and I would imagine. 2011. That, yeah. And, and that's got to be a difficult thing because, you know, it's great when free agency happens before the draft because now you've, you've shored up your roster in certain ways that now you know if teams that quote unquote, uh, draft on need as opposed to best player available, you know, those, those, and how you rank players um, is very different based on the needs that you have. Yeah, according to a report that literally just came out, the NFL has informed their biggest host hotels that the Vegas draft will not take place there on April 23rd to the 25th. 
Also, Vegas hotels are planning to scale down operations beginning Monday, limiting people to a couple restaurants, guest rooms, and casinos. Interesting. So, again, this is, you know, (laughs) where we were on Tuesday versus where we were on Wednesday as a country is completely different, right? From the minute the NBA shut down, it's been one cancellation, one postponement after another, including schools and things like that, and universities shutting down and, and kids staying home and online classes and stuff like that. So I, I think from the standpoint of any large gathering, it doesn't make any sense to try to do those things, right? Stay home, you know, stay safe. Don't spread the virus to the elderly because obviously they're, they're the highest at risk class in our society and there's no need to senselessly kill off millions of old people in our country because you you just want to go out and get a beer or you want to go to a restaurant and socialize but from a standpoint of free agency where we're all sitting at our houses or our offices talking on the phone and doing deals via email and then flying the players in and flying the players out the same day just to get a physical I, i don't know why you need to push that off so i'm for keeping the schedule as is for free agency and I'm obviously for pushing the draft off uh, until we know where we are as a country with this virus. Interesting. David, uh, thank you so much for your time this this, this, this morning. I uh, really, really do appreciate it. Um, uh, such valuable information and, and, and really putting us all in the know in regards to the collective bargaining agreement and how the NFL is, is, is potentially going to move forward. So I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. And please, to you and your family, please stay, stay safe and stay healthy. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.